Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's the 24th of January, 2024, and thanks so much for being with us. Uh, although my voice sounds pretty clear today, I want to apologize for any future coughing or scratchy voice or whatever. I, I, I just got over COVID. Okay, I'm fine. Thank you very much. It took a while, but I'm glad I'm okay. And I have a lingering cold, I think, from that head cold, whatever it might be. So just bear with me. I apologize for anything in advance, but I'm just glad I'm here. We had to cancel a couple of podcasts last week and reschedule them because of this. But I just hope everybody's all right. It is going around, for goodness sakes. I think I don't be the one to tell you that. So just be extra careful. I am, and by the way, I just so you know, I was fully vaccinated, fully boosted. I still got it. So just be careful out there is all I can tell you. It is wintertime, and here in Maine, it's stone today. On the 24th, we're going to clear up your weather and clear up your day and make it sunny and bright because today we're going to be talking about learning access for all kids at Tier 1 of MTSS, okay, the multi-tiered support system, okay. We want to make sure that Tier 1 is taken care of, which is to be proactive, act in preventable matter, and to understand how that works, we're going to be talking with Mike Barada. Mike is a certified assistant technology expert and, in fact, was an ISTE Network Outstanding Educator, I believe in 2017. I get everything he does um, highlighted over here so you can link over and check it all out with a big thank you to my good friends over at Texthelp who introduced me to Mike. Okay, and I'll bring him on in just a second. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's A-C-E-D.org. Our new issue with our uh, uh, Equity Award winners is up on site over at ace-ed.org. Everything we do over there is free for you. Please go over and check out uh, everything, including our all of our podcasts are there, all the great information, all of our magazines are over there, etc. It's a good website. We hope you go over there and check it all out. We're all about equity over there and inclusion. Okay, please check it out at ace-ed.org. And if you like it, tell your friends about it. We'd appreciate that. Now, without further ado, let me bring on the one and only Mike Morata. And here he is. Hi, Mike. It's Larry here. Hey. Hey, Larry. How are you? Good to talk to you. <laughs> Good to talk to you, too. Okay. Where are you today? I am. Uh, where am I or how am I? Well, well, all right. Let's do it. How are you today? Let's do it. <laughs> I am good. Thank you. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. And, and where am I? Where are, <laughs> and where are you today? <laughs> I am. I am located in New Jersey, so I'm an East Coaster just like you. Wow, New Jersey. How's the weather down there today? Got to say, it's pretty nice. It's uh, warm and not too bad. Well, good good enough. Okay, good enough. What part of Jersey are you in? Jersey's a bit, uh, you know, I'm a Philly guy, so I'm used to South Jersey. Where are you? Oh, if you're you're a Philly guy, then I'm I'm in that notorious zone called Central Jersey. The only people that believe it. in it are the people that live here. <laughs> it's it's a part of Amtrak where you go through it, it doesn't actually exist. It just passes in your mind <laughs> right. like for just goes right. straight through. <laughs> right. The stations only appear. It's like Hogwarts. They only appear on the special train. Okay. But if you, if you just can find a way to get off, it's pretty great. Yeah. Just kidding, everybody. Okay. So don't worry about that. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Great to have you here, Mike. Mike, you're a certified assistive technology professional, and I would just, I just want to talk about that because TextHelp, my good friends, deals with this all the time. You're good friends too. Talk about this. Brag about your company, which I have a link, which is called Inclusive Technology 
solutions, but put all this into K-12 education, just so people know where your mindset is for our audience. Yeah, for sure, Larry, definitely. Uh, so the idea... The idea of the the company and in the context of the K to twelve. So, what I do is I work with school districts to help them provide support for typically students with disabilities who need assistive technology. So they need specialized accommodations in order to be successful. Um, you know what. I've tried to do with my company and as I've kind of as the as technology has become more kind of ever present in our classrooms yep what yep. I find is I I'm trying to focus more with teams on using the tools you have to support everyone in the room and that and that fits nicely into this idea of, of tier one supports that we're going to talk about yeah. today um, this idea that while something, a, a, a tool, might be assistive technology for one student, it could actually be part of your instructional strategy for everyone and may yep. provide supports to many other students. Uh, univer universal design usually works that way, doesn't it? Okay, it starts off. It sure off, does. And they, I mean, yeah, you dig yeah. deeper, you take away layers of the onion, and you can use it for everybody. Give an example of that. Okay, in a classroom, just so people can put it into a perspective. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times, you know, I, I think if we if we were able to peek into a, a typical classroom now, I think you'd see probably more technology in that classroom than we've ever had before. Sure. I, I think kind of universally, I think there is just more available. Um, but how is it being used to support the instruction for all? For example, a Chromebook. Now, a Chromebook is, you know, we have many schools um, where they have moved to this kind of strategy of a, a Chromebook for everyone, a, a, you know, technology for all approach, um, which is great. Um, that is a universal support in that classroom. It may also be an assistive technology support for a specific student, but looking at it in a larger scenario, that is a tool that opens up learning for everyone in that room mm -hmm. and how are we using it right i i, I think you're dead on right and i i think another good example if i may just go is you know was the microphones for the teachers so that they could be heard by everybody and a lot of people think yeah. you know where room is uh, um uh, audio wired all right for for sound so everyone in the room can hear and you know they think of oh well, that's for hard of hearing students but it's good for everybody because this way everybody can hear no matter where they are, and it's great for the teacher, all right, because they don't have to strain the voice. It's easier to control the classroom, et cetera, et cetera, all right? And, and and that, to me, is a good example. They put it in to help the kids who are hard of hearing, and it winds up being so useful to everybody in the classroom. That's the same type of thing. Yeah. It's just it's technology. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it just it just tends, it tends to work well for everybody. We've got to be real, real about that and make it up. How did you become what you are, and that's a funny funny way to say it. You're a certified <laughs> assistive technology ex expert. I feel like the Wizard of Oz when I give you that title, expert. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I a little medallion. You. You're welcome with the thing behind the, the, the curtains and all that sort of thing. Okay, I, pulling all the wires and all that. But seriously, how did you what, – what, what, I'm going to ask you simply, what is that? How do you get such a, such a certification? What is it? Yes. Yeah, so – 
So it, it is interesting in a sense that, you know, and, and, and it's just you, you we're on the phone now, and so you couldn't actually see me kind of clench up when I heard the word expert. That makes me nervous when I when people say expert. I don't like that term. Don't make me cough and laugh. Um, don't make me cough and laugh. You're I know, expert. right? I'm, I'm the Wizard of Oz. I'll, I'll try to not to. Yeah, all you um, need is you some know, courage. I, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think what happens a lot of times is that when people hear that word, I'll answer that expert part first, and I'll come backwards to the other part. Um, <laughs> I, I think when people think when they hear that word expert, it sometimes gives other people permission in their mind to step back and say, well, that person's going to handle it. You know, if, if, if I'm brought into a team at a school to work with them um, and someone says, well, the AT expert is coming in, I, I sometimes can almost feel people stepping backwards like, oh, this is great. I don't have to do anything. He's going to tell me what to do, and then I'll just do it. And, and a lot of times I'll push back on that and tell people, I, I don't like the idea of an expert. What I do like is people that have expertise in something. And this uh -huh. idea of we all have expertise in some certain area, when we all come together, we provide a well-thought-out kind of nuanced solution because we're leaning on all of the expertise of our team members. So that's just my little soapbox about expert. I, I feel better and now you're welcome to on my soapbox. Um, you're welcome and now, <laughs> the idea of, of a, um, a certified assistive technology professional, that is a certification through a, um, a group called RESNA, um, which is the Rehab Engineering and Assistive Technology Society of North America. And they wow. basically come up with a certification test that people take to determine, do you have a foundational understanding of the areas of assistive technology? And, you know, again, we're, we're kind of walking the fence this morning on our conversation about Tier 1 supports for everyone, and some of those supports may start their life as specialized supports, which would be more in the assistive tech field. Um, mm -hmm. the, the balance here is finding a way to, to highlight the usefulness of these tools for everyone. Uh, and so that ATP, it just simply says, hey, congrats, I have, I have some foundational knowledge on assistive technology, and I'm able to provide that support to uh, teams. And to educators, and I must ask this, I'm curious about this. I have to ask this. Are, are, did you start off as an educator, or did you start off as a technology expert? Or, you know, because you have to t apply those skills to what educators need in, edu in education. Education. Yeah. So where's the, where's the connection between the two things? And I'm not trying to get you to defend what you do. Please don't put yourself on the defensive here. I'm just curious. How yeah, no, together. not at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not defensive at all. It's okay. It's really Please funny in a sense. Yeah. I, I, do, I love that question because, in fact, I did not start as an educator. I, by training, I'm an engineer. So I'm there a you problem go. solver. Yeah. That's what I do is there I solve go. problems. What what I found over the course of my career um, is I found myself supporting a lot of educators within the K-12 arena, and that became a bit of a specialty, like, oh, I really like doing this, and I can go in <laughs> classrooms and problem solve and work with teachers yeah. and work with students and help them figure this out. And so, yeah, I used that engineering background to problem solve, uh, but I always tell people, I probably am the worst engineer now. I'm a good technology specialist. I'm probably a horrible engineer now, but that's okay. I, no, I like okay. what I do in the spot I do it. 
I, I, like, I, I like that. And you can save the Amtrak train as it rumbles through. Okay, you'll be able to save it because you're <laughs> that, that kind of engineer, everybody. I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, all I need is a roll of duct yeah. tape and a couple wire hangers, and I should be able to fix yeah. them. <laughs> it's, it's great stuff. Okay, and thank you, Mike, for explaining all that because I'm just curious yeah. about it how it, all, how, how it all comes together. All right. Uh, and, you know, it reminds yesterday I did a uh, podcast with a woman, a wonderful woman named uh, Julie Weatherly, and she is an attorney, but she specializes in special education, representing school districts, all right? And it's kind of the same thing. You start off as an engineer and you suddenly realize there's some part of this in education, and this is what I really like, and you put it together, same thing with her. She really understands education, okay? She approaches it from her profession. It's really really sort of interesting the way way it all works, et cetera. So I want to get into this now, okay? We we all kind of know what multi-tiered support services are. All right. And obviously it's levels of support for kids that, that need it. All right. And you are very interested, if I may, and I want you to feel free to soapbox this one. Tier one, tier one. And I'm going to call that the simplest, the, the lowest level, if I may. OK, although it's all important. OK, but yeah. why, and you want you want to prioritize and really look at tier one, which you think will help. OK, if we understand tier one. From an assistive technology point of view, if I may, we can really make things happen and avoid a deeper situation. Would I be correct in that assessment? Yeah, I, I think when you look at Tier 1, <laughs> Tier 1 gives you opportunities to think about what are some changes I can make globally to the situation, whether that's to the, my instructional methods, to the materials I use, to the methods I'm, I'm teaching with, to the assessments I'm using to determine where the students are with their knowledge. If, if I'm providing some flexible options there, not only will I, will I meet the needs of those students who need that flexibility, but I also might find that I hit on providing a level of support that many others in the group need that haven't maybe even been identified yet or maybe don't even realize they need those specialized supports. But I'm creating this kind of environment, this learning environment, uh, where I have a higher probability of student success because the environment has been, I'm going to use the word, engineered a bit, yeah, if uh, I may, to yeah. provide and those levels of support for them. Well, how would you go about starting that? I mean, I'm going to ask this question already when I'm trying to get my thought together on it. You, you, we, we want this to work for, for more people than the person what we even wanted, thought it was going to work for. That we we don't work for general education. We want to be proactive. We want to be preventative. How do you, in your mind and in action, how do you start something like this? Okay, who are we talking to here as we have this conversation? Are, are we talking to special ed? Are we talking to the general teacher? Who are we talking to here? And how do we go about starting such a such a mindset, if I may? I don't know how to ask the question properly. Like maybe you can maybe yeah, I, I, understand what I'm thinking about here. I think I think Larry, I think you asked it perfectly. I think you know where do oh, we start? You. Who do we tap into? You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I, I think what what's interesting is that. If you look at this this concept of providing universal supports in the classroom, 
aren't schools already trying to do that with these initiatives of Chromebooks for everybody and those kinds of things? I think that is a way we can kind of demystify this to people because we can say to them, look, you're already starting this process. You've already done this. I think a lot of times what what I've seen happen in my own experiences is people try to provide these universal levels of support from a technology first standpoint. Like I'm just going to put Chromebooks in the classroom and everything's going to be amazing because everybody's going to have Chromebooks. <laughs> right? And I, and I know I'm, right, I'm right. simplifying it, but I, I'm going for a point here. Yeah, um, good. You know, this idea of that's magically going to solve everything. Um, if the instruction doesn't change and the expectations for what we hope the students will be able to do and show, if none of that changes, will anything really change from having Chromebooks in the classroom? Maybe not. Um, And so, you know, this is, it's always funny as a technology person when I tell people to kind of pump the brakes on using technology. Um, But I'm going to do that um, because I, I sometimes want to remind people is, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Exactly. Let's talk yeah. about that yeah. first. Because I think that makes more sense to start at. What is it you want to do? And then we talk about how to get there. Because some of this flexibility and some of these supports that we can level in in this kind of tier one for everybody support, maybe they're not technology at all. Maybe it's the way that the room is organized. Maybe it's the materials that the students have available to them in the room. Maybe it's the way I go about as the teacher sharing information. And and maybe it's not relying on technology at all. Then the other side of it, maybe there is a technology component to it, and that's okay. Um, But you can't lead with the tech. And I think that's what happens a lot of times is people want – I feel like the tech is – it's very obvious that you've tried to do something. Like, look at us, we've done this. Yep. And, and, and if you scratch below the surface, there are times where you can look in some of those spaces and go, but really you haven't done anything. Um, right. Or all you've done is tech kind of muddied the water. Yeah, it's the same yep. old thing. You've just thrown laptops on top of it. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. that doesn't really make it different. It, it, it doesn't if you don't do it right, and I agree with you. And again, I'll say what I said a minute ago, tech, tech for the sake of tech, just, it's just stupid. Okay? It is. We got, we got to make sure we understand it and all that. Which brings you to a question, and I think this will help. When you work with school districts and you do work with school districts, why do they usually call you in? What are the questions that come up when they call someone like you in and the opposite question is what do you see when you go in as a certified assistive technology if i may expert what are you looking for what do they need because you can solve the problem at an easy level you can help solve the problem with being proactive and preventing its further challenge but why why do they call you in what do they need what do you see 
I, I love the word you're using in proactive, and I think that is a lot of times the opposite of why they're calling someone in like myself, yeah. is I think yeah. a lot of times they are calling someone in right. reactively yep. because yep. they have a student who is struggling with something. And so they will, they will reach out for, and I'm air quoting it right here in my house, right, now, <laughs> expert. They'll reach yeah. out for an expert to help them figure out why this student is not doing well. So that is very reactive in its, in its initial request, a lot of times. Not all the time, but a lot of times. Um, the, the trick when I get there, or even any of the other individuals that, that I know professionally who do this as well, um, the trick is always how can we find a way to switch their view, their worldview, and say, we could help you solve this problem that you called us for, but in the process, we may help you proactively provide opportunities that this problem doesn't happen again. And that's what's the it, what's, switch what's we're constantly trying to look. Mike, what's that typical problem? It could problem? be as simple as, you know, if, if it's a very specific request for assistive technology, it's a lot of times driven by an IEP where a student is huh. struggling with reading. They're not able to complete a reading activity, and they need some support. And so maybe we're brought in to provide some suggestions on um, strategies and tools to help them be successful in the assignments that they need to complete. So it's very driven by these are the assignments, the student is not able to complete them. What's that bridge in the middle that we can put in there to help them be successful? Uh, and I think a lot of times that's how it starts. Uh, but what we find, and, and you know, historically, um, by looking at schools that are providing accommodations for students in their IEPs, um, if you start seeing a lot of the same accommodations in IEPs at a school district, that's an opportunity for you to have a conversation and say, maybe we make these yeah. solutions tier one supports. Exactly. Exactly. If we're recommending it constantly and we're implementing it for for a variety of students throughout these different classes that we're working in, why don't we just put that everywhere? You know, I think you, you had mentioned our friends at TextHelp who connected us together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Good idea problem. of, of they, great, yeah, and the, and the tools and services they provide are outstanding. Um, they are. But, you know, the, the tool they have, that Read and Write for Google, which is a toolbar that provides support for reading and writing in that Chromebook environment, um, there are schools that I go to that are purchasing that for individual students to make some, some uh, to have them have some success. We get real success where we say to, you know, those schools, hey, why don't we flip this a little bit? And why don't we buy that for everyone? You have Chromebooks for everyone. Why not have this for everyone? And it just becomes part of your instruction. And maybe not every student will use it, but I bet a lot more will use it than they thought. Right, uh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm and, always... and... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, you know, hey, I'm, I'm always thinking of is just, is students that I see in a classroom, if I'm brought in to work with a specific student um, and working on tools, it never fails that another student drips over to where we're working and says, what are you doing? 
And, you know, it, it really, it's exactly. funny because it doesn't matter what grade I'm in, what ages, it doesn't matter. It can be elementary school all the way up through high school. You know, what are you doing? And exactly. I'll tell them, oh, I'm working on, we're working on this computer and we're providing some support so that this web page can read out loud. And, right. the, you know, it never fails that I get another who gets really excited and it's like, well, I would like that too. That sounds pretty awesome. Great. Yeah, it, 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 it is a way for cool. you to get it too. It, it is, is pretty cool. cool. And, you know, as we were planning this show, we came up with, you came up with a question here, okay? And I, I, I still don't understand why this is a common response, but I'm going to read the question. Don't answer it yet. What about overcoming the common response from educators and parents that using accessible technology is cheating? Now, that, okay, now I'm going to talk about that for a second, and we're going to let you talk, okay? And this is my standard joke. I've been in marketing and sales and all that for years and never have I had anybody say to me, I want a complete marketing plan for next year. Clear your desk. Okay. What they say is use every tool at your disposal to make it work. And we have computers and we, and computers have computers that are called AI. Now, now the world is changing. All right. And it's all AI computers that we do every day are all assistive technology. They're all assistive technology, all right? They're, they're assisting us by, by being technology, all right? That's what it's all about, all right? So it's not cheating to use technology, all right? In fact, in this day and age, it's incredibly wise to use technology because if you turn against technology, the robots will all kill you, as I saw the documentary Terminator 3, okay? So, <laughs> right, so you have to be nice to your technology, all right? Is there any backlash? Is there still backlash? You go into a school district, Mike, okay, and is there, do educators still owe the kids are cheating? I mean, is that still out there? It's Talk so funny. Yeah, be nice to your technology and we'll come back and kill you. Yeah, take over the Yeah, world. I yeah. hear this question. I, you know, we, we get this question a lot, and I think this is um, – it does. It makes me laugh right away, and and sometimes that's not always the best first reaction to have <laughs> someone ask this question, because a lot of times they're asking it earnestly, like they're really concerned, and sometimes they they misinterpret a laugh as a lack of concern, and and yeah. I, I will quickly Pardon say me. to people yeah. that is yeah that is not the case. If if using technology is cheating, then call me a cheater. I cheat every day. Um, I would not have been here on time if my phone didn't tell me 10 minutes yeah. before we started to get in my desk and sit down. Um, yeah. And I don't think that's cheating at all. Um, and, and so this idea, it, it's, it's an antiquated idea. And like you said, I, we're seeing technology rapidly change. We're seeing this, this um, new, uh, and again, I, I hate to air quote it, but I'm going to, this new idea of AI, it's, I think in our case, it's just the way people are using it is new. Um, yeah. But the yeah, idea exactly. of AI and how that's, how that's going to change. And I do think that will change education. I feel like um, this, this generative AI tool kind of explosion that we're seeing will change education. I think it will be one of those inflection points we look back at. And we're like, remember how school was before that and then after it? I think that will be one of those points. Um, and that scares people. And right away, that actually brought back the question a lot of 
is AI cheating? And, and you know, people get this fear. And you, you even saw when it first became available, you saw some school districts doing some knee-jerk reaction of just banning it. <laughs> and, and, and we all know that just banning it doesn't make things go away. It's not magic. That just doesn't stop happening now. Um, and, and what you've done is you've enticed people to want to use it more. And so, you know, we, since we've seen some, some schools kind of back up on those bands and then change a bit and unban things and then talk about how they might use them, but ultimately the idea of cheating, and it's funny that this comes up, Larry, actually, on Monday of this past week, so we're at the end of January if you're listening to this later, um, just Monday this week, two days ago from when we're recording, the U.S. Department of Ed released a guidance document about assistive technology and about the idea of myths of technology not being, in essence, cheating. Um, And I think that's a really powerful statement from the Department of Ed talking about this idea of of using technology and using it appropriately. I think that's the way to um, eliminate this thought about cheating is talk about how do we appropriately use technology? Uh, just like myself, and you and me, we go through our day and we use technology to complete tasks. We use it appropriately because we understand how to use it appropriately. We are adults who have figured that out over time. A lot of times we're working with students now who are young and may not have those understandings of when it's appropriate to use it. So we have to provide guidance and support and get them to a point that they recognize, oh, this is the right way to use it, and this over here is the wrong way to use it. Let me make sure I use it correctly. But I think that has to be learned, just like we learned it as we went. And so to just stop people from using entire types of technology because there's a potential for cheating is kind yeah. of short-sighted. I mean, you're just you're you're losing opportunities for someone to be successful. Um, not just in school. What's interesting is a, is I also work with adults um, who need technology to be successful. So I see those moments where a support that someone had in school becomes a support they use in the community to live independently and maybe Mm -hmm. use it their job to be successful. And so now we're building not just an individual who's using things to get through school, but instead we're helping someone be a successful adult using technology supports and all of the things we're talking about now. You know, For some of the students we're working with that have reading issues, that reading issue may not go away when they graduate school. Um, That may still exist. And contrary to what some students I work with believe, when you graduate high school, you still have to read something. There are still things you have to read. And so you're going to need a strategy to go forward. And and I think that's really important. Yeah. It, 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 all I can say, maybe laugh, just said how true, 
How true, <laughs> right. you know? And, you know, we sometimes forget the goal of school is to graduate kids, to make them productive citizens, to make them feel comfortable as citizens, to make them able to do things on their own. That's basically what we're trying to exactly. do. Okay? And, and exactly. Okay? It's what we're doing. Yeah, whatever we need to do, it is simple. And, and the way you avoid, and to get back to what we were originally talking about, you know, it's important to recognize things proactively. It's recognizing things to make them preventable. It's important to recognizing that the tools we have are useful in so many other areas, you know. And Mike, how many do you work yeah. with school districts all over the country? How do you, how do you actually I, I do. operate your company? Yeah, what do yeah you, I, I do work with work. school districts all over the country. And, and a lot of times what's interesting, Larry, is I've seen kind of a switch um, at, at, uh, of districts from across the country. And, and, and I even work with some, with some state departments of ed to help them train school-based teams oh, on how to think proactively. Uh, and so a lot of the, the work that I'm doing now is unfortunately not a lot of direct service with students now, which is, which is a shame because that, that's a love. Um, I, I love doing that. It's so much fun. But a lot of what I'm doing now is working systems change level things, whether it's at a state level or at a district level to provide training to the professionals who are then infusing that into their classrooms to work with, with students. That's good. Okay, I know it's painful for you, but I think that's good. We need system wide. It, it, yeah. it is. I, I think there's this to that kind of you know you work from the top down and the bottom up sometimes, and so you know you, you kind of do a little of both. Um, I still do get to work with students occasionally, which is awesome, uh, but just I maybe not as much as I would like. Right, but but you'll think of how many people. Not that you don't know this, but think of how many people you're helping as, as you help districts, as you help states, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is, this is very important, and it's very important for them to capture and understand technology, okay? And how it's not only useful, then we get back to the whole thing with our good friends at TextHelp, you know, the things they, they design are, are particular, and then, then they wind up being useful right across the whole board, okay? But it's the same thing yeah, here. All the, yeah, the, I the mean, products I, that are out there, yeah. Teachers have to I, recognize I it. So, that, yeah. That. I, I think it's so interesting because – this idea of, of, of we've seen a bit of a shift in that, you know, where, you know, the supports we used to provide to schools, myself and anyone who does work similar to me, um, was very assistive tech-based. It was one person needed something and we provided some support to that one person. Now we've seen this shift. And in fact, you, you mentioned the name of my company before. I, I start to refer to this as inclusive technology to get yeah. this idea of we're talking about this for everyone. Uh, and that is, you know, this idea. And when we go out to school districts, it's talking with them. And when I work with teams and I work with, with states to talk about what does this look like, it's about how do we change mindsets mm -hmm. so that, you know, and you, you mentioned before, you asked the question, you know, who are we trying to reach, special educators yeah. or general educators or both? Well, obviously both would be great. Uh, I, I think in the, in the quest to make change, uh, you know, I always think I'm trying to reach general educators. I, I, I want think that's them. I, I agree. I yeah, did a I show want, yesterday. Yeah. I did a podcast yesterday with, uh, I'm sure you know, CEC, the Council for Exceptional Children. Okay. Sure. And we, we, we did a show about if, what we call it in, inclusive administration. In other words, where the administrators have to understand that special ed needs to be inclusive of all students. Okay. Yeah. That, you know, that what we do there can, can be applied to everybody and it makes sense for everybody. And again, that word inclusion, 
and it's used differently. It's in it's inclusion in terms of understanding who you're teaching and then carrying that further for everybody. And for yeah. two, when we talked yesterday that quote, if I may, we made special ed kids special, but in reality, we think that it would be better for everybody if they were more included within the general society. It's an interesting yeah. question. And CEC and it, administrators everywhere have to be, or CEC's working on explaining that to administrators everywhere. We had two great um, professors. Uh, you, should get, you should listen, to, I'll send the show from yesterday. So you can, maybe if you want to meet them, you can. Two great professors, one from California, one from Colorado yesterday. But it was just really interesting, exactly what you're saying. That word inclusive keeps coming up. All right, yeah. it's just really yeah, and, important and to understand re- it. Yeah, and reminding those general educators that this this concept of tier one is everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Provide provide support for all. (laughs) Exactly. And and giving that. And you know, a lot of times, people will push back, kind of like the cheating question. I'll I'll give you another pushback area that people push back is, I don't have time for this. This is not really for me. This is not the students I'm working with. You know, those are the typical kinds of pushback statements I get. Uh, and and I, I would remind people that it is the students you're seeing. It is the work you're doing. And this will make your work better. Exactly. It will make your interactions with students better. It's a better, better. system. It's a better it system. is. And, you know, and sometimes people will say, well, is this going to be more work? And, you know, there's a part of me that used to instantly say to people, no, it will not be any more work. And I've, I've kind of softened on that. I recognize it's a little work in the beginning to wrap your mind around what we're talking about. What I, I tell educators that I work with is while, while it might feel like more work in the beginning, the work you do at the end will be easier. And it will, in fact, be less work because you will proactively be addressing issues. A lot of the things that 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 drain time from teachers is reacting to some issue. Yeah, enough reaction. I created a lesson. Yeah, I create a lesson and a student can't do it. I have to now recreate something. So now that's made work. It's a reaction to something. It's caused the stress on me because I have to switch gears and get somebody up and run it. If I was to proactively provide supports and flexibility at the beginning, maybe I wouldn't see that hurdle that a student needed to overcome in the middle because it would already have been in a format that worked for them with the tools in the environment that would work for them. And so the work will be better at the end. And and that is really kind of the, the approach that I take with educators now is, is, you know, technology is your friend. Um, it can help you do great things. You know, I, I, have, a, I have educators that will sometimes say to me, um, I'm not very techy. And then I will laugh as they take out their smartphone and navigate around exactly. for the next 10 minutes. Exactly. And, yeah. and my comment back to them is, unless you have a flip phone, you can't say you're not techy anymore. Because many of the tools and supports we're working with We'll work on a smartphone or a web browser, which we all interact with every day. It's just amazing. So, it's just amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, you've kind of lost your it's opportunity. Now, if you show up with a flip phone, okay, we can have a conversation that you maybe you're not techie. 
Um, but besides that, it's really hard to be able to, to give people a path like that. They're going to be few and far between. Mike, we got to go. I tell you, I love talking to you. This was just great. Let's stay in touch with all this sort of stuff. Okay? Right yeah, for us. It. Let us know Thank what's you. going on. You're all about what we're about, which is uh, equity, good learning for everybody. Okay? We'd love to stay in touch. Excellent. Thank okay. you. I appreciate it. Sincere invitation, my friend. All right. So enjoy Joy Z today. Enjoy my good. The nine-day old neighboring state. All right, and uh, right. I will talk again soon. Mike, this is great. Very good. Thank thanks for thanks for everything. Appreciate it. Oh, oh thank you. Bye. It was great. Bye bye. Right. Bye. Well, bye bye. Okay, Mike Marota. Mike is a resident certified assistive technology professional. He's an expert in inclusive technology. Okay, this is good stuff. I have a company linked up here on site. Okay, and again, thanks to Text Help, which if you don't know them. You should. I'll just leave it at that, techstuff.com. We'll archive at ace-ed.org. My name is Larry Jacobs. Thank you for listening.